Hello, and welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. I am one of your hosts, Jason Simmons, and sitting across from me as always, Jack Smith. Hello, I just finished eating my candy right in time. <laughs> and this is Observe and Report. This is the show where we watch things and we tell you how we feel about them. Uh, Jack, start us off. What do you, what do you got? Um, I watched The French Dispatch. Ooh, Okay. Did you see it in theaters? I did. Okay. Why I saw this in theaters and not Dune is beyond me, but <laughs> it's fine. Um, it has everyone you would think uh, it, who appears in a Wes Anderson film. Your Timothy Chalamet's having a big old weekend out between Dune and That's Dispatch. That's pretty big, yeah. Tilda Swinton, Bill Murray, Leia Sedu, Benicio Del Toro, Adrian Brody, Jeffrey Wright. You can go on and on. Um... And it was very fun, very funny. Um, the structure of it is actually, I feel like it was, um, I feel like Wes Anderson had like three stories in his head that weren't not individually enough to make a film. So he was able to use um, this movie as a vehicle for them. Okay. In that there's like, the French Dispatch is a newspaper magazine um and uh these are three different articles so there are three completely different stories within um so i feel like that's how he was able to tell these stories um so different groups of actors appear in each story um and it was really fun there's some full frontal nudity from leah say do that i didn't see coming oh my goodness yeah say do say me <laughs> um but they were it was really funny uh it was very fun as they always are um timothy chalamet's story uh was with francis mcdormand okay um where he plays like a young rebellious man <laughs> i don't want to say too much um i'm trying to think of oh the other one one of them is with benicio del toro and Leia Sedu, and benicio is an artist and Adrian Brody is really funny in that one, which I feel like now he only does Wes Anderson movies. Um, uh, I saw him in Succession recently as well. Oh, okay. So he's slowly trying to make a little bit of a comeback. Maybe. Maybe he's not so After much of a dick anymore. Halle Berry situation. What's the Halle Berry situation? When he kissed her at the Oscars. Yeah, he's just a dick. God, he's so annoying. Like, like that was not consensual, sir. Um but uh, I can't remember what the third story was. Um, but they're all really fun. Obviously, a visual feast. Um, and I would recommend it. Okay, I guess my question is, in its presentation of the three stories, mm -hmm. is it being done where we have like connecting fiber between that? Nope. Or is it like, story done, next story? Story done, next story. How interesting. Little, yeah. little vignettes, little yeah. like segments. It's really fun. Okay. Um. Yeah, because from the way it looked from the trailer and from like the uh, that's just a poster itself, mm -hmm. I assume like you know it'd be kind of looking at the paper as it tells these stories of these people. But I guess it's just more story, 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 and we don't really have the connecting fiber of like what's going on at the newspaper or the, at I the mean, magazine. A little bit. Okay. Um, to set it up. Okay. Um, but uh. Just very tertiary. Okay. And how are the textures looking at this? I mean, this? they're always beautiful. People in nice loving, sweaters. Loving the textures, loving the colors. Mm -hmm. It's all so um, seemingly tangible. Mm -hmm. And very um, particular, I'm sure. Very particular. Uh, your classic Wes Anderson film. All right. Um, I would, I, <laughs> I was surprised because it was, um, I went into the theater. It was like a Sunday afternoon. But it was just all older people, which Wes Anderson is a very particular sense of humor mm -hmm. that is, I feel like, very niche. Um, so I was surprised that, like, 70-year-olds are really into Wes Anderson. Yeah, I feel like artsy 70-year-olds are. Maybe, okay. And he's been around for 20 years making That's movies. True. You That's know? true. That's true. Like, he's, he's no, uh, he feels consistently young, I guess, but, like, yeah. you know, and, like, kitschy and i guess so i guess like hipstery so to speak yeah but like they're old hipsters now okay. <laughs> that's a thing okay um i feel like i was one of the only people laughing <laughs> i don't know if they found it humorous i mm -hmm. definitely heard snoring <laughs> oh god well sunday afternoon with an older crowd you know, yeah. might happen. 
Um, but it was very light and fun, and um, everyone's performance is great. I I always just like watching Benicio del Toro. I find him to be very like, um, I don't know, something about him is oddly alluring. He's always making interesting choices he as does. an actor, he and really like does the things that he chooses to be in and mm-hmm. the way he chooses to be in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I haven't seen him in anything in a long time, yeah. save for like you know Marvel things, I guess. Oh yeah, just a little bit here and there. Last thing I think I saw him in as like physically was like Endgame, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been a minute. Yeah, um, and like some of it is in black and white, mm-hmm. like some of his stuff, which is interesting. And when we were walking out of the theater, they actually had his costume um, in the lobby. Oh, what theater did you see it in? Uh, it was uh, by Fifty Ninth and Lex. Oh, okay. So the Lincoln Angelica. Square. Oh, Angelica. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That but makes sense. it's funny to see his costume because it was all paint splattered, but because it's black and white in the mm-hmm. movie, you don't realize how colorful it all mm. is. It's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Like, yeah, like in many black and white shows of the time, like if you look at the Munsters, like the actual set, everything is a weird wild color. Mm-hmm. And that is on purpose to a degree because certain colors show up better in black and white yeah. that we don't even know about. Um, I think my favorite uh, actor in it was Lea Seydoux. I just find her mesmerizing. Um, and she's in a little cop, uh, like, prison guard uniform. Hmm. And she looks adorable. The last thing I saw her in was a video game. <laughs> oh, I mean, she was, oh, she actually had a big uh, fall also because she was in the Bond movie and in this. Man, I realize as an adult man, I don't care that much about James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you're not wrong. <laughs> I was looking forward to it. I just, I think that that whole attitude of, you know, these days, which I think is generally for the better, but like the cool womanizer guys mm-hmm. <laughs> less like celebrated. Um, and I mean, I saw it and it was fine. I, it, I, yeah, it's yeah. fine. Like, I uh, I don't know. I find myself as, I don't know if it's just now, just being an extremely busy person, finding less enjoyment in seeing the big things that I thought I would be I would be looking hmm. forward to. Talk about you, Eternals. I uh, don't know if I'll ever see you. Oh, I do want to see it. <laughs> I do. I haven't gotten my butt out there to see it, but I want to. <laughs> but anyways, um, I'll talk about things that I have seen. That uh, aren't good, but also features oh. someone from um, the God. You just said the movie. The, Bond. Nope, the French. Oh, uh, French the French Dispatch. Dispatch? Uh, I watched Drillbit Taylor because that's where I am in my life. Oh, starring Owen Wilson uh, from two thousand eight. Interesting. It's not good. Obviously. Why, why did you watch this movie? Ah, depression. Oh no. <laughs> That's not you. what you watch to cure it. That's not going to help it in any way. No, you watch that to dive deeper into it. Oh, no. Um, yeah, it's not good. Um, this is a movie made for 12-year-olds. Uh, this is not a movie made for anyone Did older than that. Did you see it when it first came out? No. God, oh. no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when did it come out? Like 2006. I'm going to say 2006 when okay. it came out. And what is the plot? Uh, the plot is three high school boys uh, trying to fend off a bully in their high school. Hire Owen Wilson, who portrays himself to be uh, an ex-Green uh, Beret. Mm-hmm. Uh, as their bodyguard. They hire him on, on as their bodyguard to defend them from the bully in school. Mm-hmm. And it's really cute for, like, you know, young children. Like, oh, this guy is, like, you know, creatively finding ways to, like, defend them against his bully. He poses as, like, you know, their gym teacher mm-hmm. and is able to, like, get them to, like, do, like, endless, like, laps or, like, you know, get them stuck on, like, a wall. It's like, oh, yeah, they're not beating up the kids if they're not, yeah. like, you know, hurting them. They're not, if they're busy. So is was this a children's film? Uh, yes-ish. You could okay. de- definitely feel like this is, like, for younger okay. kids. But it's very interesting because, like, you know, it's your usual suspects behind the camera. It's, like, mm. your Apatow's producing it. Oh. Seth Rogen wrote it. Oh. Um, and it's the same three nerd structure as Superbad. Gotcha. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, yeah, there. Interesting. There are a lot of elements here that you would later go on to refine. Yeah. In, in Superbad. Okay. Um... 
Yeah, it's uh, it's got a lot of folks in it. You got your Danny McBrides there. You got your uh, Leslie Manns in there. Mm-hmm. And then again, it just shows like, yeah, I, yeah, I know who's behind all of this. <laughs> I know who, I know who made this movie. Yeah. So that feels obvious. Um, yeah, it's, it's the way you're like rubbing your eyes and stuff <laughs> while talking about this like, kind of says it all. But the thing is, there's no one point that I could. There's no one thing I could point to that I could say like, oh my god, this is embarrassingly awful. It's just mm. like. No, it's just mediocre. Mediocre, yeah. It's mediocre. <laughs> and it's obviously not meant for me. This is right, not right, right. meant for me. Right. <laughs> um, even the name alone, like, you know, they were they were certainly trying to um evoke the spirit of like a John Hughes movie of like the late eighties. Gotcha. Where like, you know, friendly adult helps out young kids. Like, you know, like you could definitely see this being played like like a John Candy okay. in like nineteen eighty six or something oh, like that. Oh, that would have been great. I love John Candy. And, you know, it's just it's a different time. Like mm-hmm. we expect different things from movies in 2006 than we did from like 1986. So, you know, that's just what it is. It's, it's fine that it's meh. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's my thesis. Gotcha. On Drill bit. Taylor. I will happily award you your doctorate. Congratulations. Um, uh, just before you got here, because I realized I did not watch enough, mm-hmm. um, I watched the first episode of Invasion, which is on Apple TV Plus. Oh, okay. Um, and it stars Sam Neill um, and some people. I'm going to butcher their names, so I apologize. Oh, God, and my goddamn handwriting is so terrible. Um, Golshifta Farahheim. Um, Rinko Kikuchi, mm-hmm. yeah, who is in um, that movie we love that nobody else cares about, Pacific Rim. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and Shiola Kutsuna. Um, and it focuses on three, uh, three stories. Um, one is Sam Neill, who is a sheriff in small town middle America. Interesting, okay. Um, one is uh, Golshifta, she is a stay-at-home mom who um, kind of gave up becoming a doctor uh, to raise her family and be with her husband, and she's in Long Island. And then um, the two Asian women, one is an astronaut, Rinko is an astronaut um, for the Japanese version of NASA, known as JASA. <laughs> and um, Shiola... Uh, is a, a JASA employee. Um, and so there has been this whole, the whole first episode is pretty much just, it's just setting up. Clearly something has come down to earth. It doesn't seem friendly. <laughs> um, Interesting. And people are experiencing different events. Um, Sam Neill's character is, um, there's like, classic kind of crop circle thing and then there's weird things going on with locusts and crows and then um in long island uh all these kids in school they all get nosebleeds at the same time except for one um and then it the first episode ends with um the astronaut she's going up to do like a seemingly a multi-year mission up at the international space station Mm -hmm. um and something blows up their aircraft. Oh, on the way to the place, um, to the space. I don't station. know if they're in it yet, but they're in either the space station or within their aircraft going there. And okay. It ends with like, um, because it's Apple, plenty of money is dumped into it. Mm-hmm. Um, all the acting's great. I'm very interested. I'm definitely going to keep watching it. Um, it's coming out every friday i believe there's gonna this uh tomorrow is gonna be the sixth episode i don't know how many there will be um but i'm interested to see where it goes because i really am liking all the different storylines and whatnot i must have, i must say this is something that i thought existed for a while but this is brand new right i since there's only been six episodes out yeah presumably it's only been out for six weeks okay like it's so funny there are so many things that happen on apple tv that I feel the world doesn't know about. Seemingly the only show Apple TV has is Ted Lasso. That's the one that people talk about the most <laughs> and one people seem to care about and the most. C. And <laughs> featuring Jason. Which is in like season two? I now? know. Like season three or something it's like David that. It's David Bautista. 
it's David. What? David. <laughs> it's I talked to his mother recently. <laughs> I call him David. All right. <laughs> that's how I knew him. That's what I call him. Um, no, like, um, that sounds like a very interesting show. Um, there's They have two side fiction shows on there, Invasion and another one. For All Mankind? For All Mankind. I tried to watch it, and I was like, this is so goddamn really? boring. Like, yeah. people say, like, it's th- so thrilling and, like, so scary and atmospheric. I mean, that's about, like... Um, if the whole plot being like what would have happened if we hadn't been the first to land on the moon mm-hmm. snore fast They're like okay an alternate history kind of thing where it's just like yeah okay it's uh, i just couldn't get i feel like it's one of those things where there's so many shows that i think if i was watching them with somebody i could get through it mm-hmm Another example being The Sopranos. <laughs> There's some things I just need to watch with people, and I think that would be one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but I'm obviously into the sci-fi stuff. Um, you know, I love an apocalypse, alien an invasion situation. Of course. Um, so I was excited for it, and uh, it was really good. Um, the Long Island storyline, um, this woman just found out that her husband was cheating on her and then all these events start happening so like oh now they're gonna have to band together even though her husband sucks for some reason that plot line like strikes me as the most interesting of all those they're all great (laughs) because sam neill's character is going through like he's retiring Mm -hmm. and he's going through like kind of a midlife crisis like what is what has been the point of all this Mm -hmm. um and he's like looking for a sign he's a religious guy he's looking for a sign of like show me my purpose um and uh all the also side note all the women are gorgeous on this like <laughs> it's lovely <laughs> his sam neil's partner in this is whew. um and they're all great because the um the uh, japanese astronaut um she's having what it seems like a secret relationship with um the other jasa employee Oh. You don't realize, you think, I guess I shouldn't have assumed, but I assumed it was a guy that she was sleeping with. Mm-hmm. But then um, she finds an excuse to like call in this woman being like, oh, my comms aren't working. Wink, wink. Ah, okay. And it's just so they could do like a very quiet last goodbye. And I was like, oh my God. Um, they're all, they're all great. They're all tense and um, complicated. Mm-hmm. It's great. I, uh, I'm enjoying it so far. All right. Sam Neill's story sounds like uh, No Country Old Men Meets Signs. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Which is an interesting yeah. turn of events. But instead of like um, like desert drug dealers, he's just got like shitty uh, small town methods <laughs> who have like Confederate flags. And you're just like, oh, man. Um, but something just happened with him. So I'm not sure. Like it's first episode the setup was great so much happens i'm ready okay. i'm hoping the next time we talk i'll finish this i can tell you all about it um okay um that reminds me speaking of like alien invasions and mm. alien encounters in science fiction mm-hmm. uh, i continued watching this show on uh, its second season on netflix mm. um called another life um it is Super Canadian. <laughs> uh, you could tell from, you know, just uh, some of the actors that are in it, some of the production value of it, that, like, you know, like, hey, we don't have all the money in the world, but we're trying our darndest. And God bless. It's 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 fine. Um, you know, starring Katie Sackhoff and Justin Chatwin oh. are your two big, uh, you know, names in it. She just loves a space situation. She can escape the space Um Selma Blair was on it, but I believe she oh. left the show for medical reasons. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's it picks off right where the first season left off. Uh, we, as humanity, have encountered this alien species mm. that is super like, guys, we're going to give you all the stuff you've ever wanted, all right? Renewable energy, all right? Like long life, all I right? I thought when you said renewable energy, I thought you said a new blender. <laughs> a brand new blender. And I right. was like, um, <laughs> I mean, cool. But I'm not super enticed. It's an oyster blender. Get get out of here. That's not a great brand. So you came across the galaxy to 
to teach us how to blend. Yeah, it's it's. Have you heard of smoothies? <laughs> the highest. Fuck off, of guys. Any intelligent life is the ability to blend. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah is this are you trying to like is this an allegory no 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 no. just try strawberries and bananas <laughs> have you ever done that <laughs> okay you, guys. you know what i started to oh boy i tried to watch this show i can understand why you tap why you tap I out i couldn't i didn't even make it through the first episode do you know what this has on rotten tomatoes what does it have six percent Nah, what do critics know? You know, <laughs> <laughs> they're not in Canada. They don't know what it's like out there in the streets. <laughs> I personally enjoyed it. Will I give a percentage? No, I wouldn't do that to me, you, or another life. All right, but we'll say I enjoyed watching yeah. it. Um, the cast is fun. You know, it it, it uh, supposes a future where like, hey, we're real cool about like gender and intersectionality mm. um like we kind of got through that hump nice. of humanity we just gotta deal with aliens now <laughs> um but um it, it, it the first season is very not meandering but <laughs> it it certainly has its ideas about science fiction okay um very unique to itself Season two, they're like, all right, we know what people want. You want aliens. <laughs> you want to see what aliens, you want laser guns. We'll give it to you. And they do Gosh. give you more of the things that you might have shown up for in the first place. Okay. And it's like, okay, maybe this is a bit more palatable <laughs> this, this season. So is the first season um, just more focusing on interpersonal relationships? 1,000% focusing on interpersonal okay. relationships. People's In relationships. Space. Yes. Their relationships amongst each other. Their relationships with their people back home. Gotcha. Their relationships with the ship's computer. Like, Always the ship's computer got something to say. The peanut gallery over there. Beep, uh, boop, boop, and The ship's computer is very handsome. I think you would very much like the look of this man. Wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I take this all back. I think the ship's name is like Greg or something like that. Greg? It's real. Uh, Samuel Anderson plays William. Um, he, I think, would be a little up your alley. Um, I'm not seeing him anywhere. Oh. <laughs> oh, yes, I am. <laughs> yes, he was in something else. Uh, he to me is the best actor on the show he certainly gives like a lot of gravitas and like mm -hmm. uh hope to things he has a nice little dance sequence in the first season that's uh, a lot of fun to watch very okay, out of character i don't want to see a dance sequence <laughs> i, I want to see, see some shirts some... off all right yeah unless it's shirtless dancing. I wanna see some arms god damn it yeah he's uh, on doctor who a couple times okay um yeah he is very handsome okay let's just double that to 12 percent just based on his presence <laughs> Um, but that aside, um, they give you, I think, more of what you expect to see in a sci-fi show for the second season. Um, season one is super interpersonal to the point where, like, a conceit of the show is, like, on this spaceship that they're on, right? There's a crew of six active at any given time, right? Mm -hmm. But if one of them dies oh, or God. something like that, mm -hmm. they'll pull another crew member out of, like, cold storage oh. and activate them into, this, into, like, the situation. Oh, so you got people waiting on the bench. Legitimately, yes. Okay. So there's, like... Uh, a hundred people on the oh. ship in like cryo storage waiting to be pulled okay, out. Okay, that's cool. That's different. I like so that. It's an interesting idea, right? And like, you know, the, the dynamic of the ship can change with like a new <gasps> person entering the fray. That's kind of ingenious. And does it open up things for like, well, I'd really like to be working with my friend here. So maybe I have to like take someone out so i can work with my husband or some shit kind of and then you get to things like wait why is this guy woken up before me this guy's like third string like why is he why are they awake like humanity in the future still petty ass bitches yeah but then it begs like what the hell is going who's dictating who wakes mm. up when who is dictating is um, it the computer? it's kind of as it needs to happen but like you know there's like a hierarchy of like this person should be woken up before this person and like things or might... if it's like well they're the engineer so we yeah. need to wake up another engineer correct well the engineer died new engineer needs to be like wake up also right now. i like the very just general title of engineer <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing that happens on these shows um uh, yes i think i started watching the show um it starts off with her she was being chosen for katie sackoff's character was chosen for it and Correct. the crew was like mm, and she's yeah. like no guys it's i get it it's awkward but Let's be cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes, it was a show. <laughs> you 100% saw okay. the first episode of this show. Yeah. Gotcha, um, gotcha. The, uh, to no spoilers, it ends in a way where it's like, 
Yeah, you could end the show here. Oh. <laughs> 100%. Like, I don't know if they felt confident that they'd get another season. To be honest, I didn't think they'd get another season after the first season. <laughs> but <laughs> they uh, got the second one. And I don't see why they wouldn't do a third. But the okay. way they ended it was very much like, and if we had to end here, we could end here. I have more questions. Sure. Um, What is their mission? Their mission, so as I said, um, the aliens that they meet want to give them like everything. Oh, right, right. However, right. it turns out they're actual dicks. Um, okay. Truly evil beings with, with no bodies. Oh. Um, they're just like light, essentially. Okay. Um, but their whole thing is like, look, if you do not comply with our demands, we'll just wipe you off the face of existence. What are their demands? Uh, their demands are like, look, put these implants in you, all right? Oh, like, just, what? Yeah, just be a part of us, all right? How, if they're just lights, how do they communicate? They're very mysterious insofar as like what their race is, what their race is composed of. But they give you more insight by the end where they kind of like let you know like, oh, these were kind of like computers that took over for their masters. That sort of like the robot uprising, the robot the uprising, singularity. very singularity kind of thing. Gotcha. Where it's like we don't even need bodies anymore. I mean, that'd be the dream. Right? <laughs> this brain I got solid. The rest of me, ooh, it could make some improvements. The hardware um, needs to change. Yeah, here, right? um, I could use some upgrades. <laughs> um, how do they communicate? So they communicate um, kind of psychically. They, they're oh. like able to like you know portray like loved ones of theirs, okay. which is like part of their psychological warfare. Oh, that's shitty. Yeah. Yeah, like one of them appears as like you know K Sackoff's mom. How do they figure out who her mom is? Maybe they're computers. Her, her head. Oh, yeah. Of anyone's head, like they'll make oh. a scenario where it's like you want to comply with this, right? And you're kind of like doing everything in your power to like this isn't real, is it? Like real enough. Oh. <laughs> so it's a uh, very much psychological warfare that they play on people, as well as legitimate real warfare. They blow up planets and whatnot. I feel like. All the ideas you're throwing at me are very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and here and there are somewhat unique. It's too bad that this wasn't done with a bigger budget. Yeah. What Do you think a bigger budget? Like if this was a show made by HBO, do you think it would have been... It and everything that comes with that. The money, the... The star power they could get. Yeah. Um, if these ideas were applied to like an HBO budget mm-hmm. like and like style... Mm. I think it could be particularly cool. Yeah, um, sounds like maybe it. forgettable ultimately, but okay. cool while it was happening. Yeah, and right. way more people would be like into it. That's too bad. Yeah, but okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only <laughs> other thing I watched, I finished Leverage Redemption. How was that? How would how there was a <laughs> so they split all. the first season into two uh, parts. They did eight episodes and then a couple months later did another eight episodes. Okay. That's fine. I ate up those second eight episodes. Um, and I don't know if they're going to do a second season, but spoiler alert, alert, sadly, Noah Wiley's not going to be on the show anymore. Is he busy? What is he he up to? being in charge of the rest of TNT. I don't know. Yeah, man. I don't know who he, what he has on someone at TNT or if he is just TNT, he himself is lost. He's just Ted in a Turner's control room, kid. just pressing <laughs> buttons and pulling levers and doing everything to keep things afloat. I don't, I don't know. Um, but so I was bummed about that cause he was really fun on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. A, a question I want to ask you, not about Leverage Redemption. Sad, okay. But, <laughs> um, about the upcoming Cowboy Bebop uh, series. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the most recent trailer? Or no, no, I have not. I would say as you, you've been progressing through the series a little bit more, mm-hmm. have you? So what is your thought, I guess, on how the series that you've seen so far might match up with the visuals of what you've seen for uh, the live action version of it? I mean... I purposely didn't watch that new trailer because mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, I don't want to have a split. I haven't watched much more. I've only watched, I've only seen a couple, three or four episodes total. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like there's enough, because it was kind of like a, a focused, yet yeah, a little bit like, sketchy like scattered way of creating the the original show mm-hmm. the original show just felt like um 
someone had a lot of candy. <laughs> and then they took some drawing and stuff. Um, and so there is room for, there's some latitude, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to have it, I don't want to spoil it too much. So I'm trying not to see, and I, I also just haven't finished watching the series. Mm-hmm. Um, that I feel like that didn't answer your question really. No, no, I just want to know what your thoughts of what it might what what it might be like upcoming because I asked this question mm. because just based off of people's very positive response mm. to like what they've seen of like the trailer yeah. for Cowboy Bebop, like Netflix has gone ahead and like purchased the rights to make more like anime adaptations oh. of things and like. It, for me, in my mind, it's like, yeah, Cowboy Bebop can absolutely work as like a Well, it's on Netflix series. now, the actual original series. Yeah, like it's, it's yeah. coming to Netflix, which is great, you know, and the road leading up to like the live mm-hmm. action. And it feels like I'm seeing a lot of news, like a lot of like good energy behind it. Yeah. And just based off of that, they've gone ahead and like, we're, we're going to make this thing, we're going to make this other thing. And it's like, guys, let's not uh, count our eggs before they hatch, all right? Yeah, I... I feel like people are really into John Cho, which as am I. Mm-hmm. And I think that the casting and the general look of those characters, if they had gotten those wrong to begin with, people would have been pissed. Mm-hmm. But it seems like he's managed to embody the vibe of that character, that like very confident, um, even though he's not great at his job. Confident <laughs> and aloof at the same yes. time. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so they captured the... Um, kind of the energy mm-hmm. of it, which is so much of what that show is. It's just yeah. like a kind of a crazy energy. It's yeah, it's a mood for sure. It is, Jason, <laughs> as the kids would say. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited. I I don't know what it is about John Show, but I really like that guy. He's a he's a cool dude, and I feel like this is one of the th- the things that he should have had this ten years ago. Yeah, as far as like you know, a big leading role that like I agree is on his shoulders. Yeah. Um, not to say that he hasn't had that in like singular movies before, mm. but this feels like one of the biggest things where he is like the focus. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, uh, one thing I can talk about mm-hmm. um, that I saw finally. Um, I watched uh, Fast 9. Yeah, you did. On a plane. On a plane? Yeah. It's not a plane movie. It's what I had. That's <laughs> all I had. Remind me what happens in Fast 9 again. Everything. We're dealing with young Dominic Toretto. We're dealing with... Oh, the most. this is the most this recent. This is the most recent one. I was thinking of Fast 8. Gotcha, no, gotcha. no, no, no. Fast 9. We're dealing with, with young Dom, <laughs> with, with John Cena, all right? <laughs> We're dealing with Jordana Brewster coming back into the picture. Mm-hmm. Um we're dealing with them doing like meta commentary on like why they can't die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It is utterly insane, and it seems like everyone's having a good time. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I had a great time watching this movie. I I really was not into it. <laughs> it's a little too um, self aware, mm-hmm. and it just truly like yeah the commentary on itself of how they're not dying is so dumb. It kind of, it takes you out of it, at least for me, like in the moment, I'm just like, why are you like, yeah, we know. Yeah. It's like, guys, it's your movie. The fun part is seeing you go through it. Like as if people were really concerned about this. Yeah. Um, I also, um, they were kind of so split up and all over the place. Like the whole point of those is like, it's fun when they're all together. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know that having people, I mean, the whole storyline with the going to space thing is so stupid. It was, to me, so sad to see. (laughs) (laughs) You were so earnest. (laughs) It it was so sad to see, like, the the cast of Tokyo Drift, Lucas Black, Mm -hmm. uh, Bow Wow. Yeah. And, like. To me, it's like, yeah, they were young and fun, and that movie was 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And now we see them again, and it's just like, you guys are building rockets in Germany? What does this have to do with anything? Like, this should be your triumphant return to the gang. And, like, this is just silly. <laughs> it's going to sound insane to say, but it was the greatest stretch thus far. Truly, yes. In, of all the movies, this whole movie was just, like truly <laughs> off the rails like Han's return it's like 
what? What are we? What are we doing here? I mean, I still was happy to see him. Like, I'm happy to see Sun Kang. He's awesome. Yeah. He's an enjoyable part of these movies. Mm-hmm. But like, it just feels like we are going off the rails in every direction here. I kind of wish they had just done a second Tokyo-based movie. Yeah. With his like more of his backstory. Like, there's. I feel like people would be totally into it. Give us him, and then like a new kind of cast of characters. Great. That'd be super fun. Like, we did the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. Like, we can do another Tokyo spinoff. Yeah. Like, why not? There's just, there seems to be unfinished business mm-hmm. there. Um, what's weird is the movie felt expensive, but also sometimes cheap. Like, uh-huh. the Tokyo set felt like, this is not Tokyo. <laughs> oh, the Tokyo set. God bless. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, the, the jungle scene that they were like, this is obviously a set somewhere. Like, this is weird. Yeah. Um, John Cena was... It was fine to see, but it felt like he didn't add much overall. Like it's it's so weird, and like with the real life drama of like who doesn't like who on like the set, like of like the Rock Ben Diesel rivalry. It just feels like what are we? Doing? Well, did you see the most recent thing? I did. Oh I yeah, because you sent it to me. I saw the Olive Branch. I saw <laughs> Vin reach out to the Rock, and you know what? I'm here for it. Was there any type of response? Not yet, but you know, the, the Rock is not one to shy away from social media. So there'll be something. I hope there will be something, you know? I mean, I find... <sighs> I'm getting a little tired of The Rock. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's so overexposed. Like, <sighs> when the tragedy with the onset shooting of that uh, director of photography um, on the... Um, Russ, yeah. yeah. He used that as a platform to be like, I won't ever use real guns in my movies. Mm-hmm. Hey, bud, this ain't about you. Yeah. This is not the time to continue to promote your shit when someone fucking died. Like, shut your mouth. How about you just get out of here? You just do it and don't say anything about it. Like, the next movie that you're in, it's like, hey, look, given what happened on that set, I don't want to do that. I want to risk that on this set. And let it be a story then whenever you're yes. filming your next film. Like, like I was so, that annoyed me so much. Um, not that much. I mean, I read it and was like, you idiot, and rolled my eyes and walked mm-hmm. away. But, yeah, I just, oh, God. But, like, you're in, like, four movies a year. Like, it's a lot. And you're tequila, and you're this, and you're. And your social media presence. It just and you're fucking like... all your headphones, and your clothes, and your sneakers. And, like, I appreciate that you are just trying to, like, do as much as you can with the opportunities given. But also, relax, bro. <laughs> relax. We didn't forget you're here. It's like he just did a whole thing with James Corden. He had a rap verse come out Can recently. Can I just tell you that is so painfully terrible? <sighs> like it's so fucking bad. You've heard it, right? I, I have. It's I have. so bad and awkward. I'm just like I feel like I'm listening to my dad. I don't want to hear my dad rap. I'm so embarrassed. And then on the James Corden thing, he did the rap. It's like I wanted to die. Do the Maui rap from Moana. Well, that yeah, was that was great. That was great given the context. This is the context is wrong in this. <laughs> it was rough. It's it's just it's it's overexposure to like a huge degree. And if you took a year off, I think we'd all be really cool with that. Yeah. It'd be nice to not see you for a year just so we can remember like, hey, remember the rock? It's fun hanging around the rock. Mm-hmm. And just give us that, as opposed mm-hmm. to, like, you got Red Notice coming out in a couple of weeks, whatever the hell that title means. Oh, yeah. You know what it always makes me think of? The Helen Mirren. Red. It sounds like Red, because it involves spies and, like, you know, being on the run and shit. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> it's it's three people that I, I, I don't need to see in movies all the time. Yeah. Gal Gadot, The Rock, and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. And don't make me feel like... I feel like they're trying to make me feel this is something that you'd pay to see in theaters, right? Like, no, I wouldn't. I would 100% wait for this to come to a streaming service and then kind of watch it while I do something else in the background. I would, it would be on streaming for six months before I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that kind of situation. This is going to be a real Chris Hemsworth extraction for me. Correct, (laughs) Mundo. Yes, indeedy. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll get around to it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Because I have literally nothing else to watch. (laughs) Yes. Oh my god. 
Um, yeah, uh, the the uh, a few other things I think I have that we're talking about. I started watching uh, Lock and Key um, on Netflix. Did you watch the first season? No, I'm I'm starting now. Like the, oh, the first season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's super interesting. Like I th- yeah, it, I watched it, it. It feels like an all ages show kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very curious about the mystery of this goddamn house and why there's so many keys everywhere mm-hmm. and why people are just you know leaving them about. And yeah. it feels like these kids should be cataloging these keys and approaching this with a more sensible way. Listen, I'm right there with you. <laughs> the little kid I found, I like, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to watch a second season because mm-hmm. I found him kind of annoying. He's but, like, a little annoying. Also, he's a little kid. Like, And this show is not for a 30, almost 35-year-old woman. <laughs> I feel like it could be, though. <laughs> They cover ages here. I don't yeah. think I don't think you're wrong in, so, in liking the show or watching the show. Yeah, I just I mean, I just want to look at that house. The house is amazing. It's a gorgeous house. I think they have too much property around the house. There's a lot. That's it's a little scary to me. I feel like there's a way you have to defend that when you have that much space around your home. Mm-hmm. Who's taking care of the lawn? It's not that one kid. That's too much for that kid to do alone <laughs> on a push mower in the middle of summer. He's gonna faint. Don't do that to that boy. <laughs> Like, um, yeah, it, it feels like there's there's opportunity for whimsy in the show as well as like kind of some like heavier things. Yeah, I think I would have liked more whimsy. Mm-hmm. Like when he's like out of his body flying around the mm-hmm. property, it's like, that's cool. Like, that's nice. That's whimsical. But then there seems to be some kind of unstoppable monster woman that mm-hmm. can show up whenever the hell she wants to in their house and like mm-hmm. terrorize. I'm like, that's a little scary. Like, um, I, also, <laughs> I just wanted less teen drama. There's a lot of teen drama in you it. You know I hate teen drama. Yeah, it's, 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 a, high, a high school is a consistent setting in that Ugh, in that show. Um, also, the woman that like terrorizes them, they purport her. It's like they're presenting her as like to be way more attractive than I find her. I was like, no, this lady's not that oh. sexy hot. Please oh. don't portray her in that way. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. It was like a little much for me. Like let's okay. just keep on the scary aspect of this lady. Um. Yeah, like I'm, I'm curious of where season two will lead. Even though I'm not even halfway through season one, mm. so I, I guess that shows credit to like how much the show is interesting me, okay. or makes me interested in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the other thing I'd like to talk about is just a disappointment from childhood. Oh no. Um, I on that this is and also this is not made for me. It's not supposed to be for me. I watched Transformers Earthrise on. Netflix. What is this? It's an animated show mm-hmm. uh, for Transformers, mm-hmm. the robots that turn into other things. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, my Transformers mm-hmm. was a show called Beast Wars, where it's like, oh, the robots turn into animals. Cool. That's pretty fun. We're in prehistoric Earth, where a lot of the shows focus on the Voyager disc and like mm-hmm. how that can like implicate like humanity and like you know. We're trying to save humanity before it even starts because at this point humanity is just like you know we're we're apes evolving into humans mm-hmm. at this point in the time that they're in, mm-hmm. and it's very cool. They are very good singular episodes with huge character development happening over the course of three seasons. It's not a extremely long show, but the characterizations and the stories that were told were really cool, especially for the time with limited technology. The mm-hmm. entire show was like CG in like 1997. Oh wow. Um, so way ahead of its time and so far as trying to do things. Um, it had a sequel, which was very much focused on philosophy. Interesting. And what it means to be, period. <laughs> and then, you know, what was always in every kid's mind, it was like, man, it'd be cool if like the, the 80s Transformers could hang out with like, you know, these Transformers. And then it happened here. It happened at Transformers Earth Rise. Oh. And it's like, okay, well, this is going to be fun, you know? And then it's not. It's super not. It's mm. super disappointing. Like the, it's just not. It's not what I imagined when I was because alive. of the stories. The story or the characters or what? The characterizations are all off. Oh. The 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 story is like it just feels like you just threw these in here like to get dudes like me who are in their thirties that remember this when they were kids, didn't you? And I'm here now, and I don't like this. Aww. I don't like this party, and I didn't. I mean, there's not even cake at this party. Um, so, yeah, that's where I am with <laughs> this show. Like, it's, uh, it makes me just want to go back and revisit it, but mm. you can't. It's not anywhere. Oh. Um, I'd like to revisit it to see, like, was this actually good or was I just 10? 
I'm, <laughs> I'm sure a decent part of it is just you were 10. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's probably like 30 percent. I was 10, 30 yeah. percent. Like this is actually real well written for the time. Yeah. So I'd love to go back and revisit that as opposed to having to watch this new thing. Gotcha. You know what I did revisit? What'd you revisit? Rizzolian Isles. Riz- you are putting money into Noah Wiley's pocket, all right? <laughs> <laughs> He's not in Rizzolian Isles. But he owns TNT, as oh, we've established. Yeah. I mean, it's on HBO right now. Because right? <laughs> I finished um, I finished all of Leverage, the original uh, show, original and run. Redemption. So I need a new... Um, uh, background show. Okay, okay. So I'm flipping between elementary and then I watched the first episode of Rizzoli and Isles and mm-hmm. I forgot that they they start off a little different, Jason. <laughs> they start off with, you know how there's always um, in these stupid procedural shows uh, one of the detectives or FBI agents, whoever they are, mm-hmm. law enforcement, they always get like kidnapped or something by yeah. some crazy Sierra killer. We start off with a flashback to when Rizzoli was kidnapped. Oh by a my guy. god! The first day is a flashback on the show, <laughs> and then he gets out and comes back after her. Oh my goodness! Ep one, Jason. That's a lot of trust in the audience. Of like, all right, we don't know any of these characters. We're going to flashback to something you didn't even see before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Starting off strong. Oh my goodness! Can't wait to get back into it. Like I just have memories of coming home after work in the summer and just Rizzoli and I was just on. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was secretly in your home what? just behind the couch just flipping channels. But what's funny is like when you finally pay attention to something and then like I watched an episode of Rizzoli and I was like oh that's pretty good and then like a year later I was like I guess I'll watch Rizzoli and I was. It's the exact same episode. <laughs> <laughs> so like my my uh, like impression of Rizzoli and Oz is this very sad show where like you know I think it's like Rizzoli being sad that she like killed somebody oh no <laughs> it's like oh god like, this is a really heavy show and it's not the not nature of the show all. it's relatively light overall yes. and I just happened to catch the very special episode two times when I sat down to actually oh, watch it oh no but to me like that is a an, it is a comfort show like even, it's a comfort show like it reminds me of just like a simpler time in my life yes <laughs> like of the things that came I remember that like lineup it was like that Franklin and Bash and Uh like some Jason Lee show where he's a Memphis Heat or something like that where he's like a cop but like Zoli Nas is a quality one out of all of those it's like actually decent Mm. um yeah I I would like to go back it's on HBO Max yeah okay I I need something in the background to be on it's a great background show the ladies the two leading ladies are beautiful they're really pretty I remember yes um it's got who is the lady in the guy in um Goodfellas Oh, Lorraine Bracco? Yep. She plays Rizzoli's mom. Of course she does. Fun. She's an overbearing Italian mom. Mm-hmm. It's great. And um, the guy who played Xander in Buffy. Oh, uh, his, Nicholas yes, something. His twin brother plays Rizzoli's younger brother. Oh. Mm-hmm. Something happened with him recently that was not good. Yeah. Xander, not yeah. the brother. Yeah. Um, so it's just, you know, a fun little cast of characters and and Jet Jackson. Who passed away as well. Yeah. Not as well, I'm not saying that Nicholas did, but he passed away. Which is yeah, sad. it was really sad. Yeah. Man. I gotta I guess I got you know, there's some TNT content that is on HBO Max that's worth watching. I would recommend to you to watch uh, Falling Skies starring Noah Wiley. I mean, you know I'm on the Noah train these days. I gotta say, he was just, I was just so shocked by how fun I found him. If you, I swear if you liked him in Leverage, you're gonna like him in this. So you want like a, not stern, but like the most caring dad in the world. Oh, yeah. That is also fighting aliens. Yeah. You should watch Falling Skies. I think you'd get something out of it. It's a fine background show to have on. I love it. (laughs) I'm so excited. It's simultaneously not engaging, but also like, Oh, that happened. Hmm. Oh, that's how many a... seasons? Too many. <laughs> Too I just many. remember. I feel like was it always out on the sum during the summer? Or it was something? a summer show, for and I sure. just feel like I saw so many commercials of like it's back, and I was like, is anybody watching Falling Skies? They paired that with like the last ship. It was like Falling Skies, then the last ship. It was lead into the oh. last ship. 
I mean, how do you meet in the last ship? <laughs> it stands alone. And eventually they cancel Fallen Skies and then they like, did like double um, the last ship. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, Jason. As well they should have. So they thought that was... Oh, a... Falling Skies is now on HBO. It's 100% on HBO Max. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I recommend Jason. this to you. <laughs> oh, boy. I am excited. Um, yeah, I, I don't... Uh... I have nothing else serious to say other than watch Why the Last Man. I finished the season. Oh, yeah. It was, it starts off really slow. Mm-hmm. It ends really strongly. Nice. Um, yeah, they, they do some revelations, I think, that are like, oh, oh, these characters are finally going to beat. Oh, okay, this is, it's really good. Um, I was, I liked it because I liked the comic and like I wanted to support it. And I think outside of that, it stands well on its own. Um, sadly, it got canceled, hmm. but not because of like poor performance or anything like that, but because the option expired for Hulu to keep oh, no. airing the show. That's bummer. Um, yeah, like it's a weird right situation, hmm. but it's like they cannot. It would be too expensive for them to continue uh, paying for the rights for it. So gotcha. they're like, anyone else can make a season two if they want to. Hmm. We will not make another season two. Gotcha, gotcha. But it's hard in a world of streaming to, for someone to come in and say, like, all right, we'll make season two, but you want season one. Hold right. on, buddy. You want to pay us for yeah, yeah, that yeah. content? Because we'll give it to you for a hefty price. Mm. So who knows if we'll ever have a season two. Gotcha. Ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. Sorry, I was mesmerized by reading about Falling Sky. <laughs> literally, like, we, we were talking about it. I was reading about it on my phone. And just got into it <laughs> and forgot we were recording a podcast. Forgot you were present in my home. And then you're like, also oh, watch this. And I was like, oh, yes. Uh, apologies. Yes, we're f- recording a podcast and we're still going. We're in the middle of it. Uh, this is this is now the Falling Skies podcast. Uh, Do I need to start a separate co- podcast just about Wiley, Noah Wiley content? Maybe. He's got a lot of it. All right. You got your ER, got your librarian series. You have leverage. You've got... Falling Skies, you got enough Noah Wiley content. And it's like, he, he is like the definition of a TV actor. Yes. Like, he does not do films. That's true. Like, he is, he, he has his medium and he likes to work in it. Mm. And he works consistently. Yeah, that's true, I guess. I mean, maybe he just likes the, you know, more easy nine to five of it all. It's it's a it's a regular job. Yeah. Um. And yeah. when you own the company, so you, know, <laughs> you can do whatever the fuck you want. He leads from the front, goddammit. All right. <laughs> He's out there every day, putting it out there, leaving nothing behind. <sighs> I'm just mesmerized by the man. What can I say? <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, that's all I have. That's all um, I got. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Observe and Report. Uh, visit us on Instagram at ONR Podcast. Um, And yeah, enjoy yourselves. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. Bye.